Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon300. And today we're going all defense. They've been playing real well lately, so I figured got to get two of the main components on that defense on the show this week. This week I'm joined by NIU defensive lineman James Esther and NIU linebacker Lance Devoe Jr. We'll start with you, James. James, how you doing this week, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Happy to have you back on the show. I haven't seen you since, you know, week one, so it's been a while. And then, uh, Lance, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy to see that, you know, you guys are sitting at the top of the standings. You're four and two. You got a huge matchup against Bowling Green this weekend. But over this past weekend, James, I was seeing you getting double teamed a lot. Um, first of all, that's got to be a compliment, right? Like second year in college, you're getting double teamed. Does that open up stuff for other guys, or or is there a way for you to combat that to where you can still make the plays you need to make? Because you got that top dog of the week this week. Uh, yeah, definitely. In double team situations, you want you want to fight to split it. You always want to fight to split it. But if those guys are hanging on, and it just frees up guys like Lance, Nick, and uh, Dylan Thomas in the back end. So whatever I need to do for his defense to make plays, honestly. Lance, talk about uh. Talk about the blitzing and like just the the overall performance from the linebackers because you guys were all over the field yesterday or not yesterday this last weekend sideline to sideline. We talked a little bit last night at class how some of the blitzing was real well. Just talk about the performance of the second level at defense from this past weekend. Uh, well, to start off, you know I'm I'm proud of this group and uh, you know coaches he talked to us every week, you know letting us know they're trying to give us opportunities to blitz and you know I feel like guys have been doing a good job of taking advantage of that. And, you know, I feel like it added, it's adding an extra component to the defense that's, that's you know, making us play even even better and better. So I got this one. This one will go for both of you guys. Lance, midterm grade report for the defense. Just like a letter grade. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say a B. You know, we, we still have a lot of room for improvement, but I like the direction that we're yeah, heading in. Absolutely. I think that's a good one. And then, James, for you, if you had to – because we are actually at midterms in the semester. <laughs> yeah, to throw a midterm grade on it. What would you give the defense for this point of the season? Uh, for me personally, I'd probably say like a B minus, just only because I know we haven't played our best football yeah. yet, and I know that's, that's ahead of us. So, yeah, yeah and, and Coach Hammock talked about that during his portion of the uh, the press conference. You know, you guys haven't played your best football yet, and you guys are still foreign too. So it's like when you get to play your best football, super excited to see uh, where, where that lands you guys. But – you guys are on a three-game winning streak right now. You're looking to make it four this weekend. What has you guys playing on such a high level on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, just like I said earlier, just our emphasis emphasis in tackling. Uh, we have a thing called Tackle Tuesday, so we're fully padded up. We got our uh, back-end guys, our linebackers, getting getting after the nerve tackling drills, making sure they're wrapping up and making plays. Because just like just as I said before, people are in position. We we understand our defense is just yeah. making plays, and that's that's all it is too. Well, and even this weekend, you guys only had really two plays. There wasn't like long sustained drives from yeah. Toledo. It was just those two like crazy Madden like plays that they scored on. Lance, for you, uh, what do you think has been like the key to success to get this defense to playing at the high level that they're playing at right now? Uh, I feel like the focus, you know, uh, I feel like guys are, you know, really locked in and, uh, you know, I feel like it's carrying over to the field. You know, guys are straining in practice and, you know, once we get to the game, it translates. So, you know, I feel like the, the focus has been an all time high and then it can only get better. And then James, for you, I haven't had you on the show since week one. So I haven't talked to you since you got your first collegiate win. I'm going to go ahead and assume that's your like favorite moment. But what has been your favorite moment so far of this, this six weeks of the season? Uh, favorite moment. 
I probably I'd probably say uh, just the win against Georgia Tech, honestly. Yeah. Just seeing Tyrese be able to make that catch at the back of the end zone. And then coming out of there with my first bone yard victory. So, yeah. Tyree's back at it again this week on the 10 yard line, right in the bucket from Rocky. That was a beautiful play. Uh, but, James, what has it been like to see that next man up mentality in real time? Because it's, it's not like it's just the original 11 that you guys started with. You guys have a lot of different players, guys like Jaden Dolphin, guys like Dylan Thomas that are all making plays. What's it been like to see that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have confidence in all those guys. Like, even in practice, those guys are getting reps. So it's not like we're out, we're never going out on the field with guys we aren't familiar with and familiar with their skill set. So, I mean, it, it feels like next man up from the outside looking in. But honestly, those guys are, have always been right there. Yeah. Lance, as, uh, as the elder statesman, I won't call you old because I'm older than you. So, you know, but, but as the elder statesman, as kind of like the leader in that room, what's it been like to see some of these young guys step up in such big spots? Uh, you know, it's been exciting to see, you know, uh, Coach Hamming always talks about, you know, next guy, next man up mentality and uh, guys are always ready. You know, they're getting the reps in practice. You know, when they get in the game, they throw them in there. It's, it's like, you know, we didn't even skip a beat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, guy, guys are ready regardless of whatever is thrown at us. And, you know, I, I feel like that's important for this team. And then what has been your favorite part about getting back out here this season? Because you were out last year with the injury. You're playing really well this season, too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been fun to be back out there on the field, you know, and to be out there with, with this team, it's been exciting. You know, I just want to make sure, you know, I continue to lead by example and, you know, kind of set that foundation for, you know, years to come. But, you know, but it's, it's been fun to be back out there with the guys. And then, James, I feel uh, every week when I log on to the Bluebird after the game, I see you've played yet, yet another teammate. Uh, yeah. How many teammates have you played from Cass Tech so far this season? And do you have one on the schedule this week? Uh, Honestly, I, I'm not sure what, what the exact number is because even in that Toledo picture, we were missing a guy. <laughs> and then we didn't get a picture at Eastern Michigan either. This week, nobody from Cavs is on that team, but there are some Detroit guys that I'm, that yeah. I'm cool with. So. Your, your head coach at, uh, at Cavs Tech's got to be so proud. Like every Saturday, just waking up and he's just got a full slate of games to watch the guys on. So He's at Michigan State yeah. now, actually. Oh, is he really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was talking to uh, CJ last week. I didn't know his brother was a tackle at yeah, Michigan. Good, They're a lot of fun to watch this year. I think uh, I think the Big Ten in general, Ohio, Ohio yeah. State is is falling off, but come back. Iowa looks good. Penn State mm -hmm. looks good. Michigan, for the first time in a long time, as long as they can beat Ohio State, they look as good as they have in a while. So yeah. it's and Michigan uh, State is still undefeated too, aren't they? So here we'll ask you guys since you guys play at the level. Who do you if you had to pick four right now? Who do you think for the CFP? Uh, that's tough. I really. I know Georgia's going to be in Georgia, there for yeah. sure. They look like arm and shoulders yeah, above the yeah. ground. So Georgia, they look like the best team in the nation. Probably, probably Iowa. I like Iowa. Yeah, that was a junkyard win for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I I feel like they're going to find a way for Alabama to be back yeah. in there. Yeah. They never and tell them. I really my my underdog. I really want to be in there is Cincinnati. Honestly, I think they got the job done. They beat Notre yeah. Dame and the rest. Of, as long yeah, as they don't sure. they don't fall uh, for the rest of their schedule, they should be yeah. good to go. And like honestly. I said, uh, I said it on the podcast last week. As much as it killed me, because I am a Notre Dame fan, it's really good for the group of five. Oh, because yeah. if a team like Cincinnati can get in, it opens the door. And for so they can else. compete. Exactly. So, Lance, who would you say your top four are for, for the CFP this year? Uh, yeah, I would say Georgia, too. Uh, I mean, right now, I got to say Iowa. They're, they're playing good football. Yeah, you know, They just beat Penn State, who was number four. So, uh, Iowa... Like James said, 
Bama's always going to find a way in there. That game I feel like they, they, they can't count yeah, Bama yeah. out. Uh, the fourth one? That's like the wild card. Yeah, I'm not sure. Really I'm not sure about the fourth Oregon one. had it, but they fumbled the bag against yeah. Stanford. Michigan might even be. Yeah. Of course for that, too. I think it – so we have – you said Iowa, Georgia. Did you say – what was the third one? Uh, Iowa, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama, yeah. So it's like a toss-up between like Cincy, Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, yeah. and State. Yeah, yeah it was it's a toss-up. Yeah, the Big Ten has two. That's crazy to me. Oh, so. they could go either way with that, that last. I mean, Penn State losing to Iowa, who's obviously another playoff team. Playoff team, yeah. Like, that might get them. I don't know. I well, don't know how their conference works either. With like their, I think it's uh, I think it's the legends and the leaders or something yeah, like that. So but it's like Ohio State's always in it. They and they lost to Oregon, so they haven't lost in conference play yeah. yet. But. Lance, for you, I haven't asked you this one. I've had you on a couple times. Do you have a, a linebacker that you, like, modeled your game after or someone that you, like, kind of grew up idolizing? Uh, I mean, it's pretty cliche, but uh, I was a big uh, Ray Lewis guy. Okay. And uh, Why don't we get the dance, bro? <laughs> Why don't we get the dance? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave that to the OG. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I, I always like, you know, Ray Lewis. This is before I even made the move to linebacker, yeah. I always like Ray Lewis, you know. The aggression, younger? yeah. Oh, sweet. The aggression, you know, uh, how he plays, how he leads. Yeah. Uh, another guy is uh, Landon Fletcher, Landon I believe. Landon Fletcher? Yeah. The Rams and the Colts, yeah. yeah. With him being an undersized linebacker. Five, nine, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, he was, played with, uh, or no, it was the football team and, and the yeah, Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a guy that, you know, went out there and showed mm-hmm. that it don't matter how, how big you are. All hard. Yeah. yeah. He was, I think he might actually end up in the Hall of Fame, too. I wouldn't be surprised. And then do you have, like, a favorite team? I know you're from the South, was it South Florida? Yeah. Kind of like Miami. You like the Dolphins? Believe it or, or not, I don't like any of the Florida teams. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> who's, your, who's your team? I like the Saints. Okay. Yeah. Jameis looked good out there. Yeah, yeah. I miss Breeze, but you know, I got him over here. I yeah. got him over here on NBC. He was on the <laughs> broadcast last night, but uh, I actually have a buddy of mine that I interviewed, Tony Jones Jr. The running. Oh uh, yeah, I interviewed him. What Notre Dame? He's a baller. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like him. And then isn't there? There's some NIU guys on the Saints, right? Or, or uh, Tommy Lee Lewis used to be with the Saints. Okay, yeah, Sutton yeah. Was with them for yeah, Sutton was Sutton was too. too. Yeah, Tommy Lee Lewis got robbed in that playoffs. Yeah, still don't feel so bad about it. <laughs> Been nothing but heartbreak for the Lions this year. <laughs> when, when they get that first win, and how how do you think your Falcons have done up to this point? Uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts is trying to come into his own. He's a guy. That I, game, he was a baller on Sunday. Time, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it clearly could be better. I mean, we're we're struggling too over there at home and my team away from home. So I you got to just play the rest of your games in London, right? Yeah, <laughs> something. Cordero Patterson uh, has been playing real well, but it looks like we're wrapping up here. James, can you let the, the listeners know where they can follow you at here on social? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, 42 Esther, 42 ESTER, and then on Twitter, J2 Esther, ESTER. So. Perfect. And then, Lance, can you go ahead and let everyone know where they can follow you guys at on, on our social? Yeah, on uh, Instagram, you can follow me at LDJ era underscore. No, LDJ era 954 underscore. Yep. And then on Twitter, LDJ underscore era. And then do you have any final words for the, the fans this weekend? Just come out to Husky Stadium, you know, help us give give us that extra advantage, you know, to, to pull out this dub on Saturday. Bring that juice. James, you got anything for the fans for this weekend? Uh, just the same thing, just trying to establish our 12th man. So that continued support would be crucial for us. Perfect. Well, on today's episode, previewing the Bowling Green matchup this weekend, we were joined by NIU linebacker Lance DeVoe, and we were also joined by NIU defensive lineman James Esther. 
And on the other side of this episode, we will be breaking down this weekend's matchup at home, 2.30 against Bowling Green. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the interview portion of the show this week with Lance DeVoe and James Esther. As I stated previously on the episode, NIU sits first place, 4-2, and two, top of the MAC West. They got Bowling Green, who's coming to town at a very deceiving 2-4. and four. Bowling Green lost last weekend against Akron. Bowling Green also on their schedule has a win against a Power 5. They beat former uh, NIU football player P.J. Fleck and his team in Minnesota 14-10. They also have losses against Kent State, Tennessee, and South Alabama. They went on a two-game winning streak, one against a Power 5, like I said, in Minnesota. And then they also beat Murray State, which is an FCS-level program. Right now, where we're at in our season, I think the, the best way that Coach put it in the press conference today is we can't beat ourselves. We have to be us. We have to play our game. And we haven't played our best football yet. I think that was, like, the most important part about what Coach Hammock said at today's press conference at the Chessick Center is, like, yes, while we are 4-2, and two, we haven't played four quarters of football and we haven't played – our best football and to be at four and two and, and to be able to say those statements and for those statements to be facts, you have to feel confident right now. This team needs to find a little bit more balance on offense. I'll say like we're really good at running the football. There's no denying that. I, I think it's a great thing that we're able to run for over 200 yards a game. That's become our identity, but at a certain point, there's going to be certain games where it's good. You know, the requirement is going to be, you know, we need to be able to pass the ball. And I think Rocky looked really good on that last drive against Toledo to get us down the field, using both his arms and his legs to get us in position to give John Richardson the game winning kick. But the way it's worked out is we control our own destiny. And I know that's like, it's week six, Brandon, relax. Like it's, it's still so early, but the way you look at it is we have a one game lead on everyone in, in the division. The rest of our schedule is all conference games. If you look at it like this, we beat Bowling Green. We start three and zero in the Mac. There's only five games left. That's hard to make up a game, more than a game of ground. And, you know, a lot of these teams that are one and one are either going to be one and two or two and one on the other side of this. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. But I think this is a team that we match up good against in Bowling Green. Obviously, I said they're deceiving two and four, but they have played some good football. And to beat a power five when they were considered, you know, a team that was going to finish at the bottom of the Mac, just like us has to be like their super. And we beat Georgia tech when we played, you know, our first power five and the second power five didn't go our way. And it is what it is, but this is another team that's kind of on the similar progression as us. Uh, Coach Hammock brought it up that, you know, coach Leffler over at Bowling green is also in his third season and Bowling Green has 71 players on the roster that graduated high school in 2021 or 2020. There's only two teams in the nation that are younger than them. We're one of them. So this is a battle of two very young football teams, but Bowling Green's not going to, it's not going to be, you know, 
Bowling Green just rolls over for us. I believe we're nine point favorites going into this game, uh, which is the second time we're favorite this year. If I'm not mistaken, we were favorites in the main game as well, but none of that really matters. Just thought that I would put that out there uh, where people think that we're at for this game. I guess you would say the, the nerds are the people that are making picks on these games, but it's the first matchup in DeKalb against Bowling Green since 2016. So it's been five years and it's the 23rd matchup overall. Bowling Green does lead the series 12 to 10. I'm, I'm kind of just going through all my little notes here. Uh, shout out to the athletic department and, and Donna and Joe and all of them for all the hard work that they put together on all the game notes that I use uh, to get my stats and all my, I guess you, we won't really get injury news, but we know who's playing and who's not. And I will say this too. Uh, there was no specifics, but coach Hammock did say, that players will be returning to the field. As I look at the two deep depth chart right now, uh, there's no Miles Joyner and there's no Cole Tucker. One of the ones that was an eye popper to me, they got Trey Erweiler backing up beside Travis. So it would be great to see Trey uh, get some offensive snaps. He was playing on special teams and has been playing well on special teams up to this point. Uh, nothing of note on the defensive side of the ball. Everything is pretty, pretty normal, you know. Nothing crazy on defense, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see on Saturday, uh, like Coach Hammock said, what players will be available and which ones aren't. And throughout the course of the season, I think having the depth that we have has been an advantage. I was talking to Coach Hammock about that in the press conference where it's like, you know, do you think that having so many players that people haven't seen before gives them an advantage when they get in. So when like, for example, like when you see Harrison Whaley and Clint Rakovich all season coming out of our backfield and then, you know, game day comes and we're giving you a full dose of Ontario Brown and he's, you know, he's running all over the field and you can't stop him. That's what I'm talking about. And on top of that, you know, coach Hammock really talked a lot about how the depth is the strength of the team. He said that he quoted that verbatim in the press conference. And I, I can't, I can't see a lie in that statement. This is a a very young team, a team of recruits that him and his staff work very hard to put together and a very young, like I said, young team. So to see the early success with so many freshmen, sophomores and, and underclassmen on this team to where, you know, the upperclassmen guys like Braden Patton, guys like Rocky and Clint and Lance DeVoe are, are like the, the minority on the team where they're outnumbered vastly by the young guys. It's amazing to see. And it's like, of course this happens my last year as a student. I even went to an extra year for grad school, you know, but I'm so happy to see that the program is in the spot that they're in, especially in our conference. And we talked a little bit about it earlier, like with, with Lance and James, how like Cincinnati being like the face of the group of five right now, like, We all need to be rooting for Cincinnati to go to the college football playoff. I'm not saying that like it would take the season of all seasons for us to ever think about going to the college football playoff. But if you take a team like the 2012 Jordan Lynch NIU team and you throw them in an era like this era with the college football playoff, anything is possible. So I'm saying in terms of, you know, there's never a doubt that, that this, this program could see a new year six bowl again. There's no reason why not. We've seen one in the last 10 years. Western Michigan's been to one. It's not impossible. So 
I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to knock on wood so that I don't jinx that, but hopefully one day all that stuff comes to fruition. But this year right now we're four and two. I can see us going as high as like a nine win or an eight win team. I think nine wins, nine wins is the ceiling calling it saying that we're going to run the table is just such a hard task to call, especially considering we're already on a three game winning streak. But I think the ceiling is nine and three and I've updated the basement because at the beginning of the season, my basement was six and six. I've updated the basement to seven and five. There's no way that you can tell me that this team's not going to a bowl game. We literally just have to win two more games for the rest of the season. So find a way to go one and oh this week. And then you only need one more win. So with that being said, the way I see this game playing out is it's probably going to be a low scoring game. If you look at some of the scores, uh, from Bowling Green over the last few weeks, they don't have the best offense. They have a good pass defense, so they try to cater to having a quality defense. And I think that's kind of similar to what we do. We, we control the clock this past week. NIU had, had 40 minutes time of possession. So I'm not a math guy, but I do know that that is two-thirds of regulation. And the game obviously didn't go to overtime. So the, the Huskies had the ball for two-thirds of the game. And it's really hard for an opposing offense to, to get any sort of rhythm when you only have the ball for a third of the game. So I truly think, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's run the rock. Let's do our thing out here on Saturday. I want to see, though, Rocky get about 25 passes. And it's not just because I've said this, like, every single episode for the entire season. But – you absolutely have to get him comfortable in that offense and get him in a rhythm to where when we need him to, to, to take a drive like he did against Toledo and get us down the field late in the season, it's never going to be in doubt. It's never going to be in question. There's no – and I'm sure – and I'm not saying that the coaching staff doesn't trust, uh, doesn't trust Rocky because he's played phenomenal up to this point. But for some reason, like, we just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And that's – like I said, that's who we are. But you're not always going to be able to control 40 minutes of the game. You're not always going to be able to have the lead for a majority of the game. And in certain games, you're going to need those young receivers and those young pla- uh, pass catchers to make plays. So game plan-wise, I want to see maybe – I'll say like a 60-40 split of pass and run. Obviously, run will be the 60 and pass will be the 40, but just a little bit of a push in the right direction to where we can even get the pass catchers and the receivers in rhythm. We have an all-MAC receiver in Tyrese Ritchie. We have an all-MAC – we have an all-American kick returner in Trayvon Rudolph, and he's a damn good receiver too. So I know there's injuries with Cole Tucker, and I know there's injuries with guys like Miles Joyner, but – you want to see the team pass more and at certain points, the offense becomes a little bit too predictable because we just run the ball so damn well. And on big plays, sometimes the defense knows what's coming. Sometimes I know what's coming. Maybe I just know my team that well, but I think there needs to be a a little bit of change from a passing offense standpoint, I would say like just, Maybe, maybe come out passing, maybe on the script this week, come out with some good, you know, a couple short to intermediate routes and then take a shot deep. He's got a good arm. He can, he can get it down there. We saw it this past weekend with, uh, 
with the Tyrese Ritchie completion, but get the passing game on early. And I have a feeling we could be in for a good day. I mean, he had, I want to say it was like 300 yards against Maine. I called it before the game and he had over 300. So he can do it. We just don't have an offense that's catered to get him those, those type of numbers or, or even really those plays, but defensively continue to do what you've been doing. Well, uh, I think, the big bright side over the last three weeks, even though, you know, if you look at this past weekend against Toledo of the six drives that we crossed the 50 and got points or attempted to get points, obviously you have a missed field goal in there. You get 15 points out of a potential 42, which I'm not going to complain because we still won the game. You know, it is what it is, but it has to be better. They, they talked a lot about it in the press conference where they need to be able to, to finish these drives. And I think a passing offense, it, I know running the ball is, is the, you know, the basis and the, and the, and the foundation of every offense, but you still have to be able to pass the ball. And we saw late in the game that there was timing issues and stuff of that nature. I think for this team, they need to get that passing game on track in conference play because like I said, there's too much talent to go around to just only pass the ball like 17 or 18 times a game. And then two on the, I'm always a Wayne Gretzky said it, but I'm a big proponent of it. You know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I know we only won the game by two, but maybe if you take a couple deep shots throughout the game, we win by a little bit more. I think this week I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go Rocky 300 total yards because he runs the ball for 50 to 100 just about damn near every game. And then I'll say three touchdowns. I think also on the offensive side of the ball, since I got my prediction right last week, which was absolute insanity, I'm going to just make a bunch of predictions and maybe they'll all be right. I hope they're all right. Cause last week's prediction was a great prediction to make with John Richardson kicking the game winning field goal. And uh, I'm going to knock on the wood so I don't jinx it. But yeah. So first prediction offensive Rocky 300 total yards of offense, three touchdowns. That's where I think Rocky will be at for, for this weekend's game. And then Tyrese Ritchie, I'm going to go seven plus receptions over 75 yards, so about 10 yards of catching a touchdown. Running the rock, I'm going to say that we will get another – I don't even know. This isn't bold. We're going to run – we're going to rush for 200 yards again. Obviously, that's like – there's death taxes and us rushing for 200 yards damn near every game. We have to have one of the best rushing offenses in the entire nation. Defensively, I think – if you look at this matchup for what it is, I said, like I said, it's going to probably be a high scoring game in the past three matchups. NIU's only given up 54 total points. So two totally different defenses from the beginning of the season to where we're at right now. And you couldn't be prouder of that bunch. I think for the defense as a whole, I will say under 24, under 21 points again. So they haven't given up over 21 points since Michigan. They gave up 
20 last week, 20 the week before, and then 14 against Maine. So they're in a very good position to really turn the page <laughs> and have some good statistical numbers by the end of the season to write home and build on for next year, I guess you would say. But defensively, some of my stat predictions, I guess you'll we'll go bold too with this, but I'll say Jordan Gandy interception for sure this week. He's been playing real physical, been around the ball a lot. He was getting called for some PIs last week. I think some of them were a little ticky-tacky, but I'm going to say Jordan Gandy interception. And then between the two players that were on the show, so we'll go, we'll go a James and a Lance prediction. Between the two players on the show, combined there will be over 15 tackles and three sacks between james and lance i hope they don't get to this part of the episode and are like brandon you're putting all this pressure on me man what are you doing i believe in those guys like we saw last week james esther was out there getting double teamed okay we'll, we'll lower it to 12 because 15 is a lot that's a lot no we're going 15 lance is getting 10 james is getting five that's how i'm gonna break it down but I'm, I'm really excited to see another week of where this team is headed. Five and two sounds a whole lot better than four and two. And for my score prediction, since I did say it was going to be low scoring, I'm going to stick to my guns. And I'm going to say that NIU will win this game 27 to 17. So they give up 17 points. They're able to find three touchdowns, two field goals because – John Richardson's about as, as cold as ice from the spot. Uh, he doesn't miss often. And, and Coach Hammock actually talked about uh, his lone miss from to, or his lone miss from this past weekend was actually just an overall like unit mess up, like the whole unit messed up. It was a bad kick, it was a bad snap, and it was a bad hold. So it was no one individual's fault. But 27 to 17, I think, is a, a re- relatively good score prediction for this week. I do think that. We jump on them early. I think that we'll probably have the lead at half. And 27 to 17 for, for our gambling listeners does actually put us at minus nine. So that'll be my that'll be my pick, I guess, if you will. I'll say that we'll cover the minus nine. Wouldn't touch the over-under because it has potential to go either way. But, yeah, this is a must-win game just like every other game for the rest of this season is. And – 27-17 is a pretty good prediction, like I said. For Offensive Player of the Week, I'm going to go with Rocky Lombardi. I think we get a statement game from the man himself. Uh, and you just heard him yesterday on uh, the Fatty's Live show. So hopefully I got enough insight because I am recording this before I go do the live show. Hopefully I get enough insight on this week's matchup. And uh, I'm going to tell him I called for 300 this week on the show. So we'll see if he can make it happen. But offensive key player is Rocky Lombardi. Defensive key player, I'm going to go Jordan Gandy. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to call for an interception from Jordan Gandy. And I want to see that come to fruition. Maybe he'll pick six. Jaden Dolphin got a little pick six a couple weeks ago. So Jordan Gandy, why not him? The DeKalb native has been playing some real good football since he got to campus. And I would love nothing more than to see him go out and grab a pick here this weekend. And then on special teams, since I do think it's going to be a low-scoring and kind of tight game, if you call 10 points tight game, on those drives that we do have to punt, 
we're going to need Matt Ferentz to flip the field. The weather is going to be kind of nasty on Saturday. So as much as I love John Richardson, the field goals may not be as easy as they normally are just based off of conditions, but we do need good, good, uh, a good play on the field position battle from Matt Ferentz and that punt unit. So we'll see how it works out with that on Saturday with the weather, everything involved. Obviously if it's a terrible weather game, we probably won't be passing too much, but we're going bold on the predictions. We went bold last week and we were right. Probably not going to be right on everything this week, but like I said earlier, you won't know if you don't try and put it out there. And hopefully a lot, you know, at least a couple of those things will come to fruition. But the one thing that's most important, uh, regardless of any one individual's performance, is that our guys find a way to win a football game out there on Saturday. And we will be back in attendance, back in the press box, normal everything. Obviously, I had the time of my life uh, with my friends and family during the rain delay game. And then this past weekend, I was able to just wake up, make breakfast, roll out of bed and just hang on, watch it from my apartment, which is always fun to do. And as you kind of heard on Sunday, a little bit of a lesser of a voice. Obviously, I had the Bears, Notre Dame, and NIU all win in in crazy games this weekend. So my football fandom was pushed to the brink. But got to get the the news out to the people, the interviews out to the people, and and the tweets and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to probably put together at some point during the week a mid-season award article that will be more formal than just me putting out tweets and tagging people, a little bit of an explanation. And I think we're in a really good spot as a show for this year. I really hope that as listeners, you guys have enjoyed all the interviews that we've brought to you and everything that we do as a podcast. And I don't know why I say we, I should say me, because outside of my sound guy, Tony at, uh, at Fatty's, shout out to Tony too. He does a great job with us at the live shows. I come up with all this. I do all this on my own. So this show is dependent on the listeners and dependent on the players and coaches. I'm just the middleman. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the one that gets the news to you guys. And I'm happy that you chose to listen to our show today. But with that being said, this was Huskies on Tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. Make sure to get out to this weekend's game on Saturday against Bowling Green at 2.30. And then make sure to get out to Fatty's either before the game or after the game. It's the best spot to go to grab a couple drinks or a quick bite to eat. I know there's going to be live music on Saturday night, and it should just be a great day to be a Husky. It should also be noted that NIU men's soccer plays at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. And I think I'm actually going to head over there this weekend. I have no Notre Dame game at night. I have nothing else going out on going on on Saturday. And we play at 2.30. I think I just need enough time to go get a little snack and and just kind of reset and recharge. And then so actually, it'll actually be my first soccer game ever attending other than a game that I've played in. So I don't see why not try and go for the Husky doubleheader here on Saturday and get to both games and hopefully we can get two wins. But like I said, Huskies on tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by on tap Sportsnet. Thank you for listening to today's show. We'll be back. Uh, I would say Saturday, Sunday, depending on my plans. If I do end up going to the soccer game, the episode might be pushed back a little bit because I'd like to talk about that as well. Give them the respect that they deserve. 
and uh, we'll be back with you guys no matter what. By the time you hop in your car and put the key in the ignition on Monday, you will have the post-game show recapping hopefully another win, a win against Bowling Green. But I can be followed at Beatdown 300, and our main accounts can be followed at Huskies on Tap. Really do appreciate you guys for listening, and go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks on living lips in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lips in the kitchen whipping magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. Start, I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. The, they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in heart away.